What's up and welcome to Wait Hold Up Podcast with Jessica Molina and Yarel Ramos. Each week, tune in as we have unfiltered conversations about careers, relationships, wellness, feminism, and of course, we'll often be joined by guests you either know or should know who will share their humor, knowledge, and their very own Wait Hold Up moments with us. Here at Wait Hold Up, we want you to feel like you found your crew, your girls who you can do life with. Listen, it's a crazy world out there, and we can all use some help in our efforts to live our best lives. We don't have all the answers, but we're down to figure it out together. Thanks for listening. Here's our latest episode of Wait, Hold Up. Welcome back to Wait Holds Up. I'm Yarel. And I'm Jessica. And we are very excited for y'all because the next few episodes, <laughs> you don't even know. Right now. Fuego, fuego. Fuego, fuego, fuego. Right now, we are at the We All Grow conference that takes place every single year in Long Beach. And we are got a little setup right now in Yarel's hotel room. Your hotel room our, is Vogue. Oh, wait, okay. our, our Wait Holds Up Suite. Sweet, okay? It's the Wait Holds Up Suite. <laughs> yes, we are hooked up in the Wait Holds Up Suite <laughs> on um, our Kama station. Our, our guests get to experience a one-of-a-kind uh, podcast Recording experience. in a bed. Yeah. In a bed. If we were older <laughs> men, this would be really freaking weird. But oh, we're, we're fabulous not. and fun yeah. young women. Exactly. Oh, so there's that. There's that. Yeah, so we have... Basically, if you're not familiar with We All Grow, it's a chance for Latina bloggers, influencers, business owners, change and tastemakers, and the like to gather, to inspire, to network, to gain resources, share resources. Um, and it's a conference that's really very much like for us, by us. That's right. And, and it's, a, it's become like a sisterhood. It absolutely Every has. year, those tickets go out in minutes. In like They minutes. sell out so, so fast. And just the panels, the guests that come here, the keynote speakers, yep. uh, amazing talks, amazing conversations. And it's always been a space that has invited us. We actually presented a a podcast panel last year yes we that did. was fun that was super fun um so here you know we're here this year to really take in from all the amazingness and also make sure we are able to have these conversations with these fabulous ladies yes. that we'll be listening to in the next few weeks yeah so what do you do when you get a bunch of dope latinas in one space you basically interview everyone that you and possibly you party. can yeah <laughs> oh and that too and that too yes. i'm over here like you do interviews yet i was like and you party and you have a good time yes <laughs> So we're kicking our first interview off with an amazing, amazing woman. Many of you probably are already familiar with her. Yerel, who we got? Today we got Mariana Atencio. She is a journalist, currently one of the Latina correspondents for MSNBC, TED speaker, influencer, and she's an award-winning news personality covering domestic and international assignments, breaking news, and special reports. She's a first-generation Latina, fled violence in Venezuela, and now she's become an amazing and promising voice in American newsrooms in the country. Amazing. What's up? Mariana. Thank you for having me. Gracias. 
this is you. an honor. I have, so I know Yarel is, is a colleague essentially because you guys work in the same world, but I've been following you on social media for a very long time. Like a lot of the women Such here. Such a fan. We all fans, grow. we're fans. Yes, a fans. And what I love is that you really give people a behind the scenes experience to your work, to your growth, to your come up. And if you, you can just introduce yourself a little bit to the audience who maybe is a little new to you and your story, um, tell us, you know, who's Mariana? Thank you so much. I am a fan of both of you. Thank you for having me. We're taking our shoes off. Yes, cozy. I love this <laughs> conversation. Mira, I have been doing journalism for 10 years now. I migrated to America in 2008 on a scholarship to Columbia University. I'm Venezolana. I fled the repressive government there and had to, as a new immigrant to America, start from scratch, question, you know, who am I? What do I want for myself? But also found such support and love in the Latino community, which is something that my dad sort of told me would happen, but experiencing it and feeling more and more Latina and embracing this complex, beautiful identity over the years has just in large part been the vehicle to my success. Mm -hmm. I am standing on the shoulders of so many of us, and especially our women who mm -hmm. are just, just forces of nature. And I was, so I started in a small newspaper in Spanish, El Diario, then I got fired. I talk about that experience in my book, how as a young person not having a visa, you know, that marked me, but mm -hmm. it made me so much stronger. And from there, menial jobs here and there, finally, getting in the door at Univision, digital, from there investigative, from there getting to the network, and there being at a point in my career where I could have said, I'm comfortable, I'm gonna stay here, but then the opportunity to take the stories of my community to a mainstream audience was a challenge that I undertook three years ago, and it has brought me here. <laughs> wow. Um, when you arrived to the U.S. and then you, you mentioned your, your father telling you about the Latino, did you feel like you had to fit into a Latina box? Do you have to check certain boxes just like as an arriving immigrant? You know, when I came in 2008, not even like the, the, the 2010 census was out, I, there wasn't a notion of this Latino wave yet mm. of people are going to want to hire you and your story is a value and your name and what you represent. So it was more like people telling me like, oh, you're going to have to cut your hair. You're going to have to change mm. your accent. You're going to have to move to, you know, somewhere where... You, there is no large sort of Latino community because th those stories, like who's going to want to hear that? Right. And then sort of dawning on the fact that we are such a force in this country and how can I contribute to that? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you do hear about like a Latina is supposed to look a certain way or speak Spanish and English or, uh, you know, sort of eat a certain food or whatever. <laughs> but the, yeah, but then you realize like our community is so diverse. Mm -hmm. We talked about it today. You know, Latin America is such a diverse continent and we come in all shapes, colors and ethnic types. Mm -hmm. And that was something that my dad told me very early on, because being Venezolana, obviously our community is not as big as the Mexican-American community here. And I from from sort of very early on, I realized we're beautiful in our diversity, but we should also be just so proud of our roots and where we come from and celebrate that all the time. Absolutely. What has that, that um, I want to say fight, because I'm sure it has been a fight, that fight for you to get more access and representation of Latino news in the mainstream news and covering our community, what has that looked like for you? 
I didn't realize that that was the real battle. Yeah. When I crossed over to English, I'm like, that's it. I made it. I'm the Latina at MSNBC. And then walking into that newsroom and finding out that I'm the only Latina in the room. Yeah. Sometimes when you're arguing to cover Venezuela or to cover DACA, I've heard things like, we're not going to cover that telenovela anymore. Yeah. Or, wow. you know, again, with these DACA kids or covering the, the child migrant crisis, you know, you, you, there's no support because people don't understand it. So mm -hmm. it is, you have to be that sort of pushy person in the newsroom being like, we do have to cover it. And it, it is important. And then fighting for it until they're like, okay, we're gonna let this girl do it. And then we'll see what happens. And the mm -hmm. response has just been overwhelming because there is a thirst and a void mm -hmm. for those stories. But were you ever afraid? Because I think especially as women of color, we're constantly told, don't push yeah. too much. Stay you in your lane, don't stay ask for too much. Stay in your lane. Mm -hmm. um, don't shake the boat. And sometimes it could be other women of color who are like, no, 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 mama, like you don't come in here to mess it up for me. You know, so how did you move past that fear to really continue to push and get what you wanted? My the, the pushback for me was that they wouldn't let me cover Latino issues mm. because they didn't want me to be, quote unquote, pigeonholed. Mm. But then I was like, but that is that is the knowledge that I bring. It's as if you would hire a tech reporter and ask them not to cover tech because you, you don't want to get pigeonholed. Yeah. You know, I'm like, that is what I've been covering for, for, for seven, eight years now at Univision. Those are the sources that I bring. Like, why is it sort of de menos, como fo, fo, you know, like, and I pushed and pushed so hard because there was also, I mean, with everything that was happening in politics, there was also just a need to do it. And it's almost like I had to earn the right to be able to tell those stories. Right. With Venezuela specifically, it's been the most painful because they just won't let me, they won't let me near it. Right. Mm. And because I am so, so invested in that story yeah. because my own family is down there. Mm. And for me, especially as a young person, and I think co or communities of color, any community, Latinx, African-American community, like it's, it's realizing that, you know, that passion that we bring to the table doesn't mean that you're not objective. Mm. Like compassion and objectivity can go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Because I think now going back to your question about presenting the behind the scenes, people want to see that. If you see a, a reporter who's emotionless, like that's what you will transmit mm -hmm. to the audience. Mm -hmm. So I think people want to see that passion, that commitment, absolutely. And that doesn't mean that you can't be an objective storyteller. Sure. With Venezuela and the stories of our community that I haven't really been able to tell the way I wanted to on screen because of all these barriers that you're talking mm -hmm. about, that was also a big part of why I wrote this book because it is my truth. It mm -hmm. is the stories, how I've seen it, and that's what I want the viewers to take with them. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned objectivity, and this is something that we've talked a lot about, Jess, and mm -hmm. being in a space of communication where we're constantly sharing things on social media, whether we like things in a political way, whether where we stand on the political spectrum, and then in the conversation of journalism, right? And, you know, not taking sides. I, I really do feel that there's this line has already filtered out it's blurred Be it's blurred mm -hmm. you know because yeah you can you can state the facts these are the facts these are the numbers th this is what's happening but that idea that we cannot be objective when it comes to issues that are go hand in hand with what, where we come from it's it's bizarre to me because it's like who else is going to tell our stories 
Like we tell them. But they see you as, oh, Yarel, you're too invested. I've heard that you are too invested. So mm. now you can't, you can't go near too the emotional. story. Exactly. And I think it is proving them wrong in that we can tell these stories better than anyone because I can, because I have the access that nobody else has because right. I understand these issues like the palm of my hand mm -hmm. because I can speak to our community in Spanish and nobody else can do that. Mm -hmm. So I think it is finding ways in which you stand out from the way everybody else does it. But you're going to get those, you're going to get sort of that, oh, demasiado apasionada esta niña, mm -hmm. she's too invested. Right. Um, and I think, as you say, the line is getting blurred. I think more and more people want to see that in the realness, that, the realness mm -hmm. and that you're emotionally invested. And what I always tell young people is, if it comes from the heart, there's nothing wrong with it. Right. Where, your passion and your sense of a fight for justice, where do you think that comes from? I grew up in a place where everything that I held dear was destroyed. Hmm. Whether you stood on the left or the right sort of side of the political spectrum, my home, my home country was, is crumbled. Uh, my friends have all had to flee. My family's dispersed. We lost many of our belongings. My father died in the midst of the health crisis there. So I, I had to watch my home sort of undergo this deterioration because there were sort of these gaps, you know, there was the, this inequality that led way to that. And the, the saddest thing about what's happened in what I've lived in Venezuela is the fact that there was this hatred that was instilled between our people. So when I moved to the United States, I said, especially with the division that we're seeing now, I want to be a bridge between people. I want to communicate a message of unity because I've already seen what it looks like on the other side and it, it ain't pretty. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the, I've made that my life's mission. I love that. And I think that that's really tangible. Um, as we mentioned, we are at We All Grow recording and uh, Cozy on a Bed. And one of the facts that we just found out is, you know, Mariana's here uh, debuting her book, <laughs> Perfectly Yay! You. And we just found out that it's sold out in under an hour. So Isn't congratulations. That amazing? That's amazing. And I think that that's because your story resonates with people so right. profoundly. And I'm really curious, you know, tell us about why you decided to write a book you're busy girl like it's not like you're like stop so much free time. Let me write a book yeah. like wh where did that motivation come from where did how did it how did it even come out of you where do you find the time <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, we're, we're all hustlers and i can say on this bed we're, yeah. we're, sitting, yeah. we're sitting on a bed all three of us you know i think we have like just so much to give and so much passion so i i coming to the states with this purpose of how can i be a vehicle for unity and watching sort of the 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 rhetoric and the divisiveness that started to come out and then also as you mentioned the limitations of mm -hmm. news mm -hmm. uh, when i crossed over to english language television i started hearing from so many young people of all backgrounds how did you do it like this is a win for all of us like mm -hmm. give us tips you know we want to also be ourselves on the screen we, we see ourselves in you so I started thinking about it and I started sort of jotting down some ideas and 
with the sort always the desire to write a book but when it materializes in 2007 students from the university of reno nevada contacted tedx and said we want to hear from more diverse voices tedx in turn contacted me and said these students want to hear from you so we want to give you a space at tedx and i gave a ted talk about being perfectly you at the time labeled what makes you special and it was all about embracing being real and mm. being sort of this bridge between people and it's been seen over nine million times Damn. translated in eight languages it's one of the top 10 tedx talks ever seen on youtube wow. so i said to myself i get messages from from all over the world from people can you tell me more this is an 18 minute talk so i saw in that a thirst a hunger for this message and i said i owe them much more than 18 minutes mm -hmm. i owe them much i owe them much more than a than a post on instagram mm -hmm. and that's how the book came about that's wow amazing. we see it too a lot on your social you know a lot of the things that you share a lot of the personal things that you share uh your life behind the camera as well as i mean i love just to see your story sometimes mm -hmm. it's like she's taking us into all these places uh I, I know you mentioned this one in your book if i'm not mistaken puerto rico and hurricane maria hit and you were one of the first one to be there not for like a day or two but for a really long time and right now you also mentioned that connection of like people understanding you and speaking their language you know and being able to touch them like really touch them um how was that experience and how how was how you know tell us a little bit how you included that in your book puerto rico marked me because it was also the end of a of a that summer of so many storms that we covered of tragedies news. yeah hurricane harvey i covered on the ground hurricane irma i covered in florida and then when i put i said they were like we're not putting you on the field anymore mariana like you 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 need to rest and i said i want to go cover puerto rico send me to puerto rico when i got there the devastation was just i was astounded can you describe it it was as if a bomb had gone off mm. like all the vegetation like puerto rico is such a lush island of just greenery and it just all looked gray and just like, obliterated almost and then seeing the lines of desperate people just for looking for ice and food because they had no power and no water and it'd been weeks and i'm like the world doesn't even know about this mm. it was almost like in a week i was in venezuela watching what had what had taken 20 years to happen in venezuela it happened one week in puerto rico wow i was on the ground when donald trump went down there and threw the paper towels of people and gotten like fights with the mayor of san juan like i was on the countryside with like rescue workers talking to to veterans who didn't even have a place to refrigerate their medicine mm. and i was i'm like these these people like are regarded as second-class citizens mm -hmm. when they are as American as everyone else. Absolutely. And I saw a need to tell that message, but in one of the most important moments that I talk about in the book is when I was physically exhausted, when I was like, I can't anymore, like I was, I don't even know if I'm making a difference, I said to myself, and then, es que los puertorriqueños son demasiado. Those boricuas saw me, it was a line of, one of the huge lines of ice, and they just started like i was on my phone and they just started like clapping at, around me and like hugging me and being like puerto rico se levanta oh. 
and they gave me so much energy to continue mm, wow. so the spirit Oof. of the boricuas like is something that i've never seen anywhere so i owe it to them and i've gone back to cover school children who are still going to school with no power imagine what that's like it's like you're back in the 1970s how is that going to yeah, impact yeah. their education and their future mm -hmm. right. mm -hmm. but in those newsrooms yes when everybody's talking about donald trump or everybody's talking about not that it's less important the Mueller report or whatever else right what about these children that need us mm -hmm. that need their stories to be mm -hmm. told like who's going to be fighting for them yeah. in those newsrooms no, absolutely and and at least we know we have someone but that makes me think of what do you do for self-care like how mm. I, when you're covering and it's tragedy after tragedy and you're constantly She's on. in the thick She's of on. it absolutely you know how do you recharge your batteries that's a great question <laughs> <laughs> she's like i'll figure it out like, wait a minute what do i do um i i find that for me as as a latina there's nothing like family to recharge my batteries mm -hmm. i have gotten so much support for my book and for my projects, for example, now from my sister, we're only a year apart, so we're like Irish twins. Mm -hmm. I talk about in the book, she was in this horrible hit and run accident, was told she was never gonna walk again. Seeing her now, and she lives with me in Miami, and having her work on my projects, like with me on our projects as a family, that to me, like, that's just energy for my soul. You know, yeah. watching her walk, like, as if, nothing had happened like she she teaches me every day that we can overcome anything so just hanging out with her yeah just hanging out with her i love dancing my husband's a great dancer este, we danced like juan luis guerra was our, oh, our wedding song so um and just i you know i find in him uh an escape you know when i just get home and we just have a glass of wine dance for a little while and i love living in miami too you know it just gives me it's a place where i can really unplug and be sort of in nature, go to the beach, and then I'm back. I mean, Miami is como una isla. I feel like yeah. I, it's like Puerto Rico and Miami for me are like yeah. the same because I went to Miami and I was like, it took me like a day before I heard anybody speaking English. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah, like, so there's like, uh, when you get there, it's like a flavor right away that you're like. No, and you can find arepas in every block. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so it's it's different than walking the halls of Rockefeller Center in New York City. Right, <laughs> Un right. poquito. Right, right. So it's, you know, it's. Uh, really good coffee. Yeah. Amazing coffee. <laughs> I'm all about the coffee. I'm all yeah. about the coffee. Mariana, I love your, one of the hashtags that I see a lot, the go like Mariana, uh -huh, right? Uh -huh, and I'm uh -huh. just curious. I really want to know because you're I, I I have a really hard time packing I mean yeah you guys have seen my photos with like five suitcases when or I'm you're always for like, dressed to the nines when I'm like because you don't ever know what you're gonna wear and like She's it's like, like it's better to be overdressed than underdressed yeah so and you know I know you're all you know and at, at the airport running through you know different cities and like with a suitcase my team my team of all guys like are not appreciative of my bags so, oh like, so you're oh. not a light packer you're, you're not a light packer? I stuff that bag as if, like, the world was going to end. And then ah. you know what I do when I'm on breaking news coverage that so we're hopping from place to place? When I've worn something, I, I FedEx it back home. And then I go to Walmart and, like, buy, like, inexpensive blouses or T-shirts or Target, Marshalls. Like, I replenish on the road as I go. 
Wow. And I FedEx and I just FedEx what I've worn. And what's that what's a secret, that's a secret? Yeah. Know. What is it like in your bag? Like the things that you cannot like when you're traveling that uh-huh. you you're they're always with you. Like you cannot And and, and I've dead you'll appreciate this, Jarel. I talk about the my packing and the secrets in the book too. So I knew it. I knew it. As a woman on television, like just a woman in general, like you in on social media, uh, like you wanna look good, you know? Right. So how do you do that? So I have I've have my classic with little sticky notes like and they have like weird labels that only I understand like the Latin American countryside. My husband's like, what does this mean? Like, <laughs> this, like Mexico coverage and the Mexican caravan. And like, so anyway, um, so I do that. And then I buy, I don't care about labels or brands or anything mm. like that. I'm, I'm petite. So for me, it's all about the fit mm. and the color. Like I love color. Uh, but just, yeah, I, I sometimes on the road, like I, I, I FedEx stuff back, especially if I've been in like stinky hurricanes or thing. Yeah. I'm like, who wants that in my bag? Like, no, right, let's right, just right. send it back. And then I just, just hop into your neighborhood Target or Walmart. Anything <laughs> that you have, like that's skincare, yeah, essential, like, I don't know that you just, it has to be in your bag. I love those Japanese rice papers because I have somewhat oily skin and being on camera, you need oh, to keep okay, that yeah, under right, control. Right. So I carry those all Everywhere. the time, the Japanese rice paper. And I have like a specific brand that, mm. that I love that is the best. I always, always, always carry a big pair of earrings. Mm. She's por, wearing some fabulous ones right por now. Primera muerta que fabulous. Sencilla. You ne- I always say you never know how the day will end. You might get invited to a fab party. Yeah. And then you can always upgrade your outfit with like big... You guys are giving me but I'm also mad like simple but like with like a pop <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like okay so I gotta I gotta I gotta get it together you gotta get some cute <laughs> earrings but she has she's uh, allergic to I got one left one ear, left my ear. left ear that's allergic to shit allergic, it's allergic so to gold so I don't know what to do with you right now okay <laughs> I'm gonna just give you one earring thanks girl I'll give you one of my big earrings. <laughs> so for you, it would be one big earring. One big earring. One big Listen, earring. I know, right? And then I'll just walk on one side the whole time. <laughs> big hair on the other side. I'm done. Dove hand cream, always. Like, since uh. I'm so many planes all the time, yes. like, I just... I, I need that like otherwise mm. you know tengo las manos de viejita you know mm-hmm. um, lipstick always like I love the long lasting lipstick I'm wearing one from you know Gabi Espino oh, the right, Gabi Espino right. lipsticks they're expensive but they're worth it like they're mm-hmm. they're they're mm-hmm. worth it and I just kind of like those that like that rosemary like spray for your face you know I'm so, oh, yeah, so many so planes yeah so good yes so good. refresh a little refresh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um your arepa like does it what does it have what is the perfect arepa oh, for you I, arepa I know I'm so sorry bad. I'm sorry no, I'm, like, hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so my dad had an arepera in Venezuela so 24 hours seven days a week that is how he made his living so for me it's such a part of like my everyday like we would leave a party go to the arepera go to school go to the arepera on our way to the beach stop by the arepera and when when i was little i write about this in the book too i didn't appreciate like how special that was Mm -hmm. i'm like can we go across the street and get mcdonald's dad my mom's like you're making your dad feel bad like yeah yeah, yeah. um but anyway in my arepas which brings me back to my childhood is i'm simple i like arepa with queso guayanes like the freshest one and then a side of black beans because I always feel like I need a little protein. 
you know? Yeah. That's like me going like, the black beans, uh, queso and arep- arepa with all the masa and little butter. That sounds yummy. Yeah. So I know, I know you've got to get going, but I guess our last bit that we would love for you to leave with our listeners is, what's your life motto? Great question. My life motto is, as you mentioned, Yarel, go like Mariana. Mm. Go like, fill in the blanks to your name. That's actually the last line of this book. Mm. Because I want to inspire readers and listeners to know that you are unstoppable. But the key to your success lies within you. You are the one that has to unlock that power and tap into that power of being real that is within you. There will be people that will want to put you in a box, that will want to stereotype you. There's so many expectations from your family or your your religion, even beyond Latinas. Mm -hmm. Women of color, women from all different, you know, ages and men, they were men today, like buying our Mm -hmm. book. It's realizing that you hold the key to unlock your spark. And sometimes you just need, that's why the book has takeaways. I didn't want to just write a memoir or an inspirational book that was kind of, that as a reader, you're like, well, what does that mean for me? Every Mm -hmm. chapter has applicable go-like actions for you to apply in your own life. So I am urging readers and listeners that you can go like Jarel, Mariana, fill in whatever your name is and just conquer your dreams. I love it. Mm. I had to ask you a question in Spanish. <laughs> There's so many things I want to do. This is just the beginning. So many things. And I think that this, this book has opened my, this book and the TED Talk and doing Spanish and English has opened my eyes to the fact that as, as women, as Latinx, as women of color, we can do it. We can do it in so many languages and formats mm-hmm. and talk to so many different communities. We're living in a in a, such a privileged time in media that I just, there's so many stories I want to tell and so many projects I want to do. And this is just the beginning. And we can't wait to watch you do it. Go Yay! like Mariana. Yay! <laughs> Mariana, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you so much. And we wish you continued success. And if you... Now, by the time you're listening, you could go out and buy a copy Get of the yeah. perfectly you. <laughs> yes. And tell me what, for the both of you, what you discover about yourselves. That is what I, and as, as readers, for those who are listening as well, tell me what makes you guys perfectly you. That is what I'm curious to know about. So I'll be looking for those answers. And I can I just stay sitting on this bed for like Please. a couple more right. hours? Yeah. Please, thank you. <laughs> go like Mariana to bed. <laughs> Importante también decir, we're going on tour. We're taking this book on tour starting on the 8th. We're going to be hitting Miami, New York, Austin, D.C. And when we come to L.A., we hope to be joined by the both of you. Yes, yes. we would love that. That's awesome. So that, that's some good city stops, y'all. Yeah. I think that's actually our demo. So there's yes. those spots. If, right. if you guys listening, if you want us to go to other cities, just mm-hmm. give me a shout out on social media. We're still lining up so the rest of the cities. The We've heard so much interest about Chicago and, oh, you know, imagine. Orlando and all these places, Dallas. Mm, so... Yeah. If you want us to stop by you, let me know on social. And my handle's at Mariana Tencio, all together. Perfect. Perfect. And we'll also post that Share too, so we can social. make sure that Buenísimo. people connect. Buenísimo. Awesome. Well, thank you thank so you, much. Thank you, Mariana. Mucho, mucho, mucho. Igualmente. Thank you. So 
nice when you've been following someone on Instagram for a very long time or anywhere in the social sphere and they actually turned out to be as dope, if not doper, doper yeah. than what you've right. seen. Because I'm sure we've had moments where we've been like, oh, I'm a little bit let down, but I am like more than like <laughs> I'm in love. super fangirling her. I know. Amazing. Oh. And her energy and she was just so like nice and we're talking about all these subjects that we were even just like, ah, do we want to take it there? And yeah. she took it there. Oh, no. So I, it that's was the thing. Great. She's totally an open book. And I think that that's why she's resonated with so many people. Um, and just passionate. And there's just love and a commitment. And you could just tell that there's such sincerity um, in everything that she does. And it's it's really, really amazing. I and think, her Mariana. message, her message about like the book being go like you, go like who you are and yeah. what you stand for and your values and what you envision. It's like there's this quote in this movie by Almodovar that says like the most authentic version of me is the version that I've always seen of myself, like the one that's inside. Mm. And I feel like she just resonates that with everything that she does. Yeah. So, so, so it was super nice to have her, to talk to her. And yeah, check out her book. I can't wait to start reading it. I know that book is going to be, I feel like it's just going to be one of those things where you pick it up and you're like, Ooh, this is exactly what I needed to be reading at this exact moment yeah. in my life. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I don't think that we're ever at a point where we don't need to be reminded that exactly who you are is who you are supposed to be. Right. And that the gifts that you have are already inside of you. And actually, I've been really like... That's beautiful, Jess. <laughs> well, that's actually been coming up in like my therapy lately. Yeah? Yeah, that idea of like we're already operating from a place of fullness. Of abundance. And, we, and of abundance. And we need to stop thinking that if I had this or if I had that, then I would be a more complete version of myself but more operating from like we're like a Barney bag or Mary Poppins bag and you just keep you it's just like an endless amount of of opportunities mm, within yes. yourself um yes, and I so you just that. like just dig deep and it's there and I'm trying to remember remind myself of that and I feel like Mariana's message is is very much aligned with that as well for sure mm -hmm. um yeah so thank you to Mariana once again thank you to you for listening yes for always sending us so much love your comments your reviews yes on iTunes are always greatly appreciated so if you haven't dropped a message on an episode that you really liked let us know what you thought yes. or if there's someone that you think we should have on the podcast Definitely you know let, let us, us know. know for sure and if you want to see my Mariana in person and you live in the Los Angeles area, she will be at the Grove on June yep. 16th. We will drop some information about it in our Instagram so you can look out for that. She like she also mentioned she has other tour dates. Hopefully by the time this goes live, they haven't passed. Yeah, but yeah, they yeah. might. Mm -hmm. um, but also, you know, she, she wants to reach more communities. So if you're in an area that she's not going to at the moment, reach out. Be vocal. I think the biggest thing that us... Um, you know content creators need is you all being vocal about For what sure. you love and who you love and supporting because that really will uh, that helps us all grow yeah letting us know where you know what we sh ideas mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. that you have or things that you think we should look into um always helps some, somehow some way uh don't forget to follow us on all our social wait hold up pod on insta uh, our Facebook. Our Facebook is, you know, coming up. Slowly, slowly, it's slowly but surely. But surely, surely it's but surely. coming up. Yes. And uh, our email address. 
is weightholdsuppodcast at gmail.com. We love when you all send us either, you know, recommendations or your own your own personal ways that you've resonated with the episode. So we want to hear your stories. We love to shout you all out as well um, and, and share those stories. And like Mariana said, she wants to know how you're going. You know, how are you going like you individually? And we definitely want to share in that with you. So share that with all three of us. We would we would love that. Until next time, we appreciate y'all so much. We love you. Mad love. Bye. Bye.